Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Welcome to Bald Move Pulp, the officially unofficial podcast for all the Loki stuff here at Bald Move. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Loki Season 2, Episode 4, Heart of the TVA. Aaron, what did you think of this episode? I thought this was incredible. I was a little skeptical that we're having mid-season kind of cliffhangers that seemed like bullshit last. But I'm like, you know, I'm going to keep the faith. I'm not going to say too much about it. This is my favorite type of cliffhanger. Uh, we immediately got back to it. We resolved fully 90% of the questions we had from the cliffhanger. Got a little new wrinkle or two. Um... And then, yeah, this really was a swing for defenses at the end. Um, and I'm really excited because, like, if you recall last season, the penultimate episode was that fabulous, you know, Golden Age Loki, Alligator Loki, Frog Loki, uh, fighting Aliath at the end of time, uh, setting up to the big confrontation with He Who Remains. And it was, uh, and, and now we've got, because I've been wondering, I was like, I wonder if they're going to build to something kind of really strange and weird like that again. I couldn't really see because mm-hmm. we're embroiled in this, but like, fuck it, just blow up the loom, blow up the timeline. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Take all the, the reins off. Let's see where this crazy train goes. Yeah, this shit ends like Rogue One. And uh, just total party wipe. And it's, it's you know, it's it still is, I think it's funny. It's as well written. Um, but now it's got like some big stakes, uh, not just in terms of universe. And, and I, I, man, I don't know why Loki seems so much better than any other Marvel thing. Maybe it's because right. it is free to be funny where it's like. WandaVision is essentially about a person that we like enslaving a whole town for selfish reasons and falling to the dark side. You know, uh, I got to mm-hmm. watch Captain America and the Winter Soldier or Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I get to see Captain America beat someone to death with his fucking shield. Uh, it's like just heavy, heavy stuff. Uh, but Hawkeye, another standout that I actually liked a lot. And it was a kind of a lighthearted Christmas tale through a lot of it. So mm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. I'm not sure why this team is operating at so much a higher level than it seems everyone else is, is on Disney Plus with rare exceptions. But, man, it is so good so far. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. They're really nailing this. Um, I, I feel like this season in a lot of ways has been more interesting to me than season one. Yeah. Okay. I, which is which is surprising because I really liked season one. Uh I really like the Loom stuff, and I love the addition of Obi. I think Obi is really just, like, kicking it into another gear. I he, Some of the humor came back this episode, right? Um, I, don't even, I don't even know some of those lines sh- should work as well as they do. He just sells yes. it with his own personality and performance. Yes. Like, there's a it, line in particular. performance on that guy. I forget, but there's a line in particular where it's like, if nine out of ten actors said that, you'd be like, Jesus Christ, roll your eyes, boo. But he, he sold <laughs> yeah. it. This is the one where he's like blaming uh, 
is it Sylvie? Yeah, he's blaming Sylvie for something like, oh, someone killed he yeah, remains yeah, yeah. This and really super released all those branches and ruined my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't that, but but yeah, that was okay. really funny. Like, honestly, him meeting, like, OB meeting He Who Remains Victor, was, yeah. like, really funny and cute, and they don't mm-hmm. go too long mm-hmm. with it, and it's just... And, and it's always surprising, I, like... I genuinely did not expect a turn at the end of this episode. I, I thought, okay, here's what's going to happen here. Because here's what has to happen for this story to continue. Yes. Is Victor has to walk out there. He has to launch the thing into the thing. And then everything has to kind of be contained for another couple episodes. Yep. When they had him just instantly disintegrate, I lost not my Not even mind. getting out was... of the door. <laughs> right. My jaw dropped. I'm like, that is a swing uh-huh. for offenses if I've ever seen it. And he disintegrated uh, with the device that they spent so long perfecting, and there's no way they can build another one in time. So I'm like, yeah. all right, all and, bits are off here, and then they just take it to the, the final degree there. And they did such a great job of leading us down, because like even thematically it connects with like his theme of embracing his role as, as, as a hero. You know, I think back to Thor in Avengers Endgame and how he had that thing where... He had the the whole energy of a star got filtered through his body because he had to hold the shutter open so that Peter Dinklage could forge his Thunderbreaker or whatever the hell, his new axe, right? And I'm like, oh, it's obviously Loki's going to have to go out there and he's a god. He's going to barely be able to do it. He might have third degree burns all over his body, but he's going to focus all that temporal energy through him and all that radiation and... Mm-hmm. Then Victor mm-hmm. goes, and I'm like, oh, I guess that makes sense. They're trying to do something with, like, you know, this guy's a fundamentally less selfish, more self-sacrificing. Uh, no, he just gets spaghetti. And the, just the way he got spaghettified. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Such a great visual it, effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Who the fuck knows what's going to happen? I, I'm assuming we'll have a time loop and the next two episodes will be a high speed run through the season we've already had with like uh-huh. Loki Could and be. Sylvie trying to like do the perfect run, like speed run the perfect run. Um, yeah. And, and you have to toss in a dose of he who remains in that, right? Like the... Mm-hmm an infinite number of he who remains because all these branches are happening and there's no loom to contain them and now all bets are off i think i think this is the war that's gonna start here i I don't think we're actually gonna get to like a massive war by the end of this season but definitely we're gonna see the seeds of that and my my only question now is are we is this all part of the contingency is this all sure. part of yeah. the reset button that he who remains flipped on himself? Um, because Could there's be. a whole bunch of like, that's the thing. It's like, I, I feel like going into the penultimate episode, almost every open issue that's been raised has been answered definitively with like ex- minor exceptions about like, well, is this person telling the truth? Is that person telling the truth? But yeah, like it's all been dealt with. And apparently the world is fucking ended. And now, now, now how do they pick up the pieces and keep going on? And that's like, Every other episode, I ask myself, like, beginning of the season, I'm like, how are they going to get Loki back on his timeline in a way that makes sense? And he has to explain, they, they did that beautifully. You know, how are they going to explain he who remains and uh, this whole Ouroboros nature of the stuff? It's like, it, it just, yeah. The, I mean, it helps that it's all bullshit, right? It, <laughs> it is. It helps that it's all fantasy it shit that they can make up anything they want. 
So. But even this, but honestly, you can get yourself in as much trouble as like kind of unrestrained, timey wimey Marvel fantasy time travel as you can, and like you know, strictly deterministic, probability based. Uh, what was that? What's that like? Forty-five minute long short film about time travel, Primer. You know, oh, it's, it's yeah, yeah, That's... yeah. Like Primer is a work of art. Don't get me wrong. Mechanically, hmm. a sound. If you haven't seen Primer, please find it somewhere this weekend. It's like an hour long. It will like it'll be your definitive time travel movie. I almost can certainly promise you. Yeah, and as as as, as finely crafted a Fabergé egg that thing is, like what they're doing on Loki, I think is just as impressive because it's like there's no constraints except for the ones they put on themselves, and it's like a game of chicken with the audience about is the audience going to call bullshit or are we going to be able to drive <laughs> sure this yeah. careening car through this tiny tiny tunnel and it's. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Breaking Bad style storytelling where like this creative team is like, we're going to jam ourselves so far into a pre-painted corner that we don't even think we can get out of it. Now, how do we get out of it? And it's just it's just and it's just fun. It's just yeah, really fun. This shit is roadmap 10 years down the line, right? I, I, they yeah. know exactly what they're doing here. There's no there's no twist. Uh, it's just in the initial ideation phase. They came up with all this crazy cool shit. Yeah. I do wonder if this is because like the way when you say that my prejudice against the Disney plus stuff more than well, not more than anything. Number one, they don't I don't think they execute very well. But number two is so far they haven't been able to make big swinging changes to the Marvel canon. You know, like you could argue that WandaVision turned Scarlet Witch evil, but no, she actually turned evil. She had a lot to think about. But she actually turned evil in Doctor Strange, the main canon. And mm-hmm. I'm a little skeptical that Loki could do something to the multiverse definitively that isn't like able to be contextualized and and summed up in one sentence. So it's like that's but like man, yeah, it's I don't give a fuck. With toys this big, right? Because like yeah. WandaVision is playing with a character. Mm-hmm. This is playing with the timeline, the so multiverse. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they could get themselves into trouble, but I don't think they are. And I think if if you see any trouble on the horizon, they've thought about this trouble. That's the thing that feels right about the show is it does feel like they've thought about this stuff quite a bit, uh, whether they're pulling, you know, fantasy loopholes and bullshit out of their ass yeah. just to, you know, make all of this. The problems go away is one thing, but it feels like it's consistent. And they're pulling from the best. Like, you know, there's naked references to uh back to the future uh, yes there there's jurassic a, park there's a, maybe there's a, yeah jurassic park call, got a, a shout out i i think there's a situation lifted from the pages of harry potter prisoner of azkaban a reference you now get by the way thanks to one of our intrepid uh do i where was that the time twister stuff it. where you know like harry potter goes back in time thinking his uh-huh. father's the one that saves him and then he realized oh shit no i have okay. to be the one with that loki does that. pruning himself gotcha. loki pruning himself yeah. you know that was a big mystery who the hell mm-hmm. did, who pruned him and and who was ouroboros talking to like the answers to those were like mundane but clever but yeah it, it all it all went like to another level a second victor stepped out there and got himself pastified <laughs> uh-huh and I kind of like that switch, that switcheroo, because you thought like the phone call was going to be the huge yeah. momentous thing, right? Mm-hmm. And when you saw it the first time, and now he gets the phone call, and it's just Ob going like, "Where the hell are you?" Yeah, it's just multiple. <laughs> snakes but then they their combine tail. that with the huge event of yes. the loom blowing up, and it's like, okay, I, I really love the contrast there. Agreed. So yeah, excellent episode. 
Uh, why don't we get into it? Let's do it. Uh-oh, the timeline's branching. We'll be right back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The TVA is watching. Here's more Loki. At the end of time, where we left off last episode, Miss Minute shows Renslayer a recording of He Remains and herself um, congratulating themselves on winning the battle and establishing this sort of palace at the end of time. And then she sees herself leave, and then she sees He Who Remains enacting Protocol 42, uh, which apparently is going to erase all of her memories. And then Miss Minute suggests that maybe they don't need... Uh, it, Miss Minutes in the actual like real timeline here says maybe we never needed He Who Remains mm-hmm. hope you guys can build a loom uh, I, yeah I, I don't or I don't maybe don't need a loom because that's the other thing is like it, this conclusively proved that the multiverse is just fine without a loom the loom only needs to be there if you're trying to prune things or trying to push things into its own its own limit right well and then he uh, remains would say well, if you don't do that then you end up uh, with right. all of me and the war starts and it destroys you know that's not a total so. lie because of ant-man and the wasp three but mm-hmm. it, we don't know the extent of the truth yeah and uh my big question is how did because because like where did Ravona actually come from because I call bullshit on the principal routine now we know her memory's been wiped and that she mm. played such a vital role and going all the way back and the he who remains winning over the other variants of himself what are they trying to say I'm kind of back I know I dismissed it myself I'm kind of back on my Ravona is actually a variant of he who remains bullshit because I'm trying okay. to think of the circumstance where he would trust somebody and there's like a there's like a loose analogy to Sylvie and Loki who they finally learned uh, to even though they had every reason to trust each other to trust to work together and then at the last step of the of the the voyage she betrays him and kicks him through a door and that's that right mm-hmm. like there's a neat kind of symmetry that they're now continuing that I'm like oh actually she could be some relatively powerful member of the Marvel canon and right on the eve of their victory as the TVA is being set up and fully staffed and everybody's trained and all that kind of stuff. He's just going to yoink everybody's memories for, for what reason? Uh, his, is it all going back to his pathological inability to share credit and power? That's totally the story they're telling. Um, it could also be, that's the only way to, in his eyes to secure this operation, right? If only he is the one with the knowledge of it, then only he, can determine his future and yeah. he doesn't trust anybody with it protocol so. 42 i couldn't help but think but arthur adams 
uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. This is the canonical okay. answer it's... to the question of the meaning of life, the universe, mm-hmm. and everything. It's, it's 42. Mm-hmm. Um, I also heard that uh, that's the multiverse reality ID that Miles Morales comes from. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Like, he was like, you know, you, you found out in the Which latest... Miles Morales? <laughs> Well, that's a good because like so you found out in the latest one and there's a whole multiverses of him and uh, I mm-hmm. believe his spider was from Dimension Four. He's from a different one, but the spider that bit him was from Forty Two. Okay, so I wonder. Gotcha. I, I think it's a Hitchhiker's Guide reference. I don't know if they're that they think all this stuff out that far ahead. Yeah, but maybe. I mean, I I was thinking of Order Sixty Six, you know, that kind of stuff because right. it has a lot of uh, connections to that as well. Yeah. And the, uh, the extent of what say, she did to help, the fact that she was the commander of his forces that that, that led to the victory. It's like she wasn't like an incidental, mm-hmm. you played a role kind of business, right? No, no. She played a very vital role, apparently. The, the image, I still love this image. It's so fucking metal of he who is remains on this throne mm-hmm. as the palace has crumbled around him. It's, oh man, I love that image. It's incredible. I really like seeing a messy timeline from before. Like a, that just says all beautiful um, mm-hmm, how they mm-hmm. do that branching timeline style. My question to you is: Is Miss Minutes telling the full truth here? That's the only question I kind of have left. Is she telling some some pork pies? And to maybe, what extent? Maybe. What significance is it that this the 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 vocal fragment that Loki heard in the first episode, where you know he played a snippet of this conversation, where he says, "What a wonder you are," and I'm so glad that uh, the co lead whatever he said. Um, mm-hmm. As like I said, is because I, I could see Miss Minutes lying through omission, like that maybe Ravona sure. planned on betraying him, and he'd found out about it and decided to end things definitively. Um, was it his naked need for power and co- and and soul power? You know, like what joy did he get stay- chilling out at the end of time forever alone? You know, like, right. it like that if, was even if she did have all the responsibility and he got to just yeah. kick back. I mean, kicking back forever is, is, is not that very what fulfilling a, either. Yeah, very brilliant, driven person. Want I don't think so. Right. Uh, so there's there clearly I think in, in several layers. There might of be a like, sacrifice. Like you, you look at you look at the mm. look on his face and it feels very sad, right? He's not he's not cackling as he uh, you know enacts Protocol Forty Two. Right. He's very sad. So this might be not just a sadness about what he's doing to Ravona, but a sadness about what he's doing to himself. This isolation of this yeah. very brilliant man, knowing that he's making a huge sacrifice for mm. the universe to continue existing, right? The multiverse. Yeah, that's a good. I never considered that. Um, I, I need to put that in my mental calculus and, and see what I because I guess he could also just be sad that like, hey, I I actually love and I'm attracted to Ravona, but not as much mm-hmm. I am as I am myself. And it's like I'm sorry to have to do this, but I still got to do it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I like sure. I like the other uh, I like your other idea though too. It's pretty good. I could definitely see. I mean, with all the jealousy stuff they've been doing with Miss Minutes, I could absolutely see her not divulging the full truth here still. Yeah. Uh, but I don't She's, know where they leave Miss Minutes at the end of this. She's been rebooted out of the system. 
and she's definitely a woman scorned. Like she has completely shifted from "I want to be your girl" to "fuck that dude." And the system you is know? gone. I it's like so everything over. is gone. I everything yeah. is gone. Yeah. As far as it's, we know, it's a wipe. It's a total party wipe at the end of this episode. So what speculation can you even do at this point? <laughs> like we're sitting here talking. That's about what I love, that happened, and I'm so glad we're not the type oh, of podcast. God, that goes 17 layers because i've been following some of those videos dudes and podcasts and it's like they're just they were just wrong all that shit didn't matter like mm. you got you know it's like all your theories Yet. about this that and the Yet. other maybe like i said i'm still on my ravona is a is a variant bullshit but but we'll see yeah we'll see uh speaking of variants i'm gonna call this guy victor timely victor the whole time uh because right. he's not really he who remains and he never will be as far as i can tell uh, so Victor emerges from this time door that he went through last episode into the TVA and he roams the halls unescorted until eventually B-15, Loki, Sylvie, and Mobius all catch up with him and they tell him that he's the only one who can help them fix the loom. I love that term about I'm from Chicago, French, the shadyocracy capital of the world. I don't know what that means, but like I tried to look it up. It's Not shady. a thing shadyocracy to me it's like it's like a little bit of a neologian i don't think anyone in chicago talked like that but it's like a shady form of government i I thought it was a really fun term of art the way Uh, they spell it though is so specific because i had the subtitles on it's s c h it's not like shady like you would think of s h oh like like the german schadenfreude the yeah yeah, the 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 perverse pleasure you take at others downfall. I wonder which is the shot. Oh, I wonder if the downfall is the shot a part. It could be, huh? Yeah, uh, I tried to look it up. Apparently, it's there's nothing. Uh, there was an AV Club article that literally just quotes this line, and that's it. it says what the fuck? Yeah. Um, I here's the thing. This is the only flaw in the episode, and I don't. I've not rarely seen shows do it better. I fucking hate it when people come in to some you know person has no reason to trust them and says just trust us do this crazy thing we have Mm -hmm. no time to explain dude Mm -hmm. between you both uh, like taking two time two turns each saying you've got no time to explain what you have no time to explain you could have explained (laughs) you know you could have taken a say you know this guy like victor you helped us invent uh a, 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 a cosmic loom a temporal loom you're the only one that knows anything about it it's collapsing it's going to destroy the entire multiverse you're the only man like and he doesn't know that your it's signature we need yeah it. he doesn't know it's that they're telling the truth but that's like better than just being like trust us bro and it's yeah. oh my god it's such bullshit every time i see it deployed uh sure. but anyway one flaw of the episode and uh well let's get to the, the other scene of trust yeah. Where uh, I guess it's not here yet, but Dox is in holding with the others mm-hmm. who are kind of trying to blow up the timelines there. B15 goes to the judge to get her advice on what to do with them. And she advises her to try to convince Dox to get back on mission by helping them protect the new version of the TVA. Uh, what is the new version of the TVA? This was. This was a question that was ringing through my ears, and it probably doesn't fucking matter at the end because it's all gone. But like. The new TVA seemed like an Ouroboros in itself. It was an organization that only existed to preserve its own existence. Right? I mean, I guess as soon as they stop 
pruning timelines, you probably should decommission But they weren't going to prune timelines anymore. That was their thing. Like, I don't know what the temporal loom actually does, I guess. Like, if you're not pruning timelines, the temporal loom, what, creates order well, out of all the, the crazy number of timelines? But th- it would be an ever-expanding number of timelines so they'd have to continue expanding the loom which that would be their entire mission because they're not pruning timelines anymore maybe the loom does 90 percent of the pruning or error correction and then for the ones where they have stubborn variants they can't remove they send in the tactical squads the time bombs well isn't the whole point of it's the like latest version of the tva that they refuse to prune because it's murdering oh, billions of people yeah 100 percent. but i don't understand so now what is because... the function of the tva because the tva was always set up to be there to prune timelines well i think so they okay didn't get out so, of control. so now what is it it's just preserving its think, own existence i don't think anyone knows but i think the doc is saying is like well if we're not pruning then we have to because that's what she's saying like you know we could go back to pruning and all this would be solved b15's like well we can't do that because of reasons and she's like i agree you convinced me but so I, it's like, I think it's an open question of what the TVA becomes after this latest crisis is over. But assuming they get mm-hmm. the loom unrestricted and it's just, you know, um, uh, essentially pass through all of uh, the universe, I would think that there would be a serious conversation about should we dismantle this thing and just all go back home? Should mm-hmm. we do this? Should we do that? I, I don't I don't know. But the important thing was that that B-15 needed to be the one to lead because you know the judge who was the commander is now like i'm a recent convert i'm at your feet you are the master you are the sensei you 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 have to and and we could use the manpower if you get docs on our side yeah, uh, totally. the, the, the idle question i had it was how do you guys know docs was on your side how do you know the docs is doing this out of kindness of her heart and not out of a desire to maintain her own power to sure. position her son in a prestigious for like yeah, you like to think that every general that you you have is like you know cares about the people, bottom line, and defense of the institution, all that stuff. But that's not always the case. And Doc's nothing about Doc's demeanor, costuming, post, you know, he who remains actions have led me to believe that she's a good person. Although she's, I guess, she's principled. She'd rather die than have her her people and her forces perverted into destroying the TVA. So there's that. Okay, I guess if anybody out there listening to this understands the actual purpose of the temporal loom, let me know. Because all of these timelines would continue to exist without the temporal loom. What does the temporal loom do? Does it create the sacred timeline out of all these other timelines? So loom takes... That's the piece of information I'm missing to understand the, the potential new purpose of the TVA after they stop pruning. So a real loom takes disparate threads and weaves them together, weaves them all together to, to a tapestry toll. yeah and mm-hmm. i'm wondering if that's the point that like it's too time intensive and you probably are it's it's too brutal to just destroy entire timelines what if you could take all the ones that are like close enough to weave into the sacred timeline weave them together and then then you're just you're like the loom that's like cutting thread when you need to switch to a different color like that's an order of magnitude less than if you had actually had a you know uh, an individual weaver just with two strands and because you can do that you can weave a basket with just your fucking so is hands. a temporal loom organizing things so the TVA can more efficiently sort Show the through it to prune other branches yeah. I think okay that's, that's, I, can, that's, I can understand that 
Yeah, that is somehow blending multiple timelines into one sacred canonical one. And then the ones that they can't, the extra, the wisp, the the, the imperfections and the stitching, and so they go through and they trim those ends to keep it clean. But they're not going to trim the ends anymore. They refuse Apparently to not. trim the ends. And that's, so that's the thing. It's like the only thing that confuses me is like, why aren't they just talking about shutting down the loom? Exactly. Just let the timeline yeah. go. But I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of anti, because like, that's sort of thing. It's like, we have still no idea what the loom actually does. Like, like you said, I, I'm surmising some things, but could could be like a nuclear reactor where you just you can't really like shut it down. Once that reaction starts, once yeah. you start up the time loom, yeah, that reaction is going to happen. Past the time, like Matt, but like it seems like maybe you couldn't do it just this minute, but like long term, mm-hmm. the TVA if it has any purpose, uh, post pruning ideology, it seems like we just need to wind this down, return the timeline yep. to its wild and unpruned state. And we saw that, like in the yeah. beginning, with the He Who Remains when he's sitting there with Ravona at the end of time. Mm-hmm. That was not one sacred timeline that's circling the thing like a nice orderly glowing belt. That was no. a scarf that's been spaghettified and thrown all over time space. It was a lot more woolly and wild, more yeah, unpredictable. We get kind of a close up tour of it this episode, and, and you kind of yeah, see in the, the trying to see it trying to revert back to that, and it can't because of the loom. Uh, okay, let's move on to Loki's crew wrangling a very curious Victor Timely down to repairs and advancements uh, where he meets his hero, Obi. Obi is equally impressed by Victor due to a paradox where they both learned what they know about the loom from the other. Um, Obi and Casey have come up with a plan for the loom. They've got this device. They want someone to manually launch the throughput multiplier at the loom to make it bigger Unfortunately, there's a ton more temporal radiation out there, and Victor sees that, oh, we can integrate my invention with your invention and get this to work. We talked about how cute it was for OB to meet Victor, um, and this is the line that, like, any other person says this, it doesn't work, where a man named Ouroboros <laughs> looks at the camera and says, oh, like, which came first? Oh, it's like a snake eating its own tail. Uh-huh. Like only his like wide-eyed, innocent, naive, <laughs> golden retriever moments of realization uh-huh. that that he's got that makes that viable. And I and I needed four episodes to work my way away up to even hit because if he said in the first episode, yep. Yep. I'd been like, get the fuck out of here. You can't have Mister Ouroboros saying like a snake eating his own tail. <laughs> but I swear to God, it worked coming out of his mouth because C- this is not him cluing the audience into what's happening this is him realizing it in real time yeah, that's the thing that yes, works yes his own brain is comprehending oh like a snake eating its own tail it's i so loved good. like i said i i think overall that jonathan major's choices and i don't know if it's his choices as is directed but how he's portraying he who remains or victor timely has been bizarre that i haven't fully got it but i did love okay. the absolute yeah. squeak he let out when he saw OB and realized who he was, it's such a, uh-huh. it's just such a funny, funny character grace, grace point. Uh, and I like them pointing out the paradox here and just letting it be. They're not, they're not even going to really investigate it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, why would you, uh, yeah. they've lived through it. You know, I love the doc Brown, you know, homage <laughs> where he's like, they I apologize pro- for the slip shot, whatever slapstick model. Slap and, and instead of, I didn't have a chance to paint. It's like, it's not the scale and the, the painting's very crude. And you see this like exquisite mock-up of the temporal agency yeah. in a reactor room. And, Oh, I wouldn't even done this. If I knew Victor was here and he has this like wireframe loom. Um, yep. 
but they're you know you're uh i also like i said i, I thought they were really setting up loki carrying the device because he is a god and you know we've already seen his brother thor stand up to the, the raging heart of a star mm-hmm. how much more radiation can you get than that um but it's like funny that like it was a debate because like as soon as uh you know oh and he goes like I, I remember what it was like there last time mobius and he's like oh wow loki's really gonna have to hoof it out there it's like yeah. I, I can't believe no one brought up the fact that he was it, this, he him being a god has been Britain, brought up I think four times this season. No one yeah. thought to do it, and it's like we're just people displaced out of time. You're a fucking Norse god and a frost giant, and you've got magic. Doesn't get, Loki get your have ass the ability? Doesn't he have telekinesis? Couldn't he move the loom? Couldn't he move this device out to the loom himself through the window? He can probably by the end of the episode, but before because this the magic is the magic suppression, off. I guess. Yeah, turned him off. Yeah, I guess he wouldn't suggest it now, but shouldn't shouldn't they suggest like, hey, maybe we shut this down so this fucking god can move mm-hmm. this without anybody going outside? Yeah, like I think Loki can, or he could uh, certainly uh, ensorcel one of the goons from that they have in prison, or. <laughs> sure, sacrificial Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not above doing it. They did it this this uh, this episode, but sure. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're, but they they've already gone through this. None of the answers work. And Victor says, "Aha! Have you tried this temporal prototype that I saved from my lab last episode?" And him and Ob pledged to do it together. Does Sylvie think that all of this is bullshit? Because several times my alarm bells were raised throughout this episode. Like, watching Victor get fascinated by a hot cocoa machine. I understand he's from the 1900s. Maybe he really loves cocoa. This is a man whose first of his many miraculous inventions he chose to show off to visitors from the future was his refrigerated chair. Uh huh. So like, yeah, he's about the temporal looms, but he also is about the mad, mad magazine invention type shit too. Uh And a machine that that makes and not like it'll dispense into a cup, but it like dispenses the cup, heats up the water, adds the chocolate to. Like it is kind of miraculous, you know? Oh yeah. Wait till he sees a microwave. Right. It it just starts ringing alarm bells when he's so fascinated by these mundane things that. I start to wonder, is this part of a plan? Is this man more than he seems? Is this actually he who remains? Well, according to Miss Minutes, no. Never will be. Yeah, and according to the end of this episode. like I I suppose it could all be part of his plan, but we'll have to wait till next time to see. Oh, you, you mentioned the techno babble and kind of like kind of it was threatening to lose you and his connection to hot cocoa machine. I want to revisit something we talked about in the beginning of the season, which is Alan Seppenwall, a man that I respect as a pen in a television above all others. Honestly, he did not like this season and he specifically cited its reliance on techno babble and invented bullshit and lack of stakes. And but I'm like, boy, he just must really be over to Marvel stuff and doesn't want to cover mm-hmm. it anymore or something because like the site Loki as the Disney plus show that's like shit in the bed in terms of plotting and cohesion and all that's like I mean everybody's allowed to be wrong um, I, you know a couple times a year anyway so maybe he's just he's just off I, uh, that happens to me on occasion I feel like I've been off on other like reactions of things of late but I just think that's a huge just feels like a huge miss man yeah, I am with you. I think this show has been entertaining this season, if nothing else. 
Yeah. Um, and I don't know how, like maybe he just really wants to get invested in the plot of something uh, and hasn't found that the techno babble leans itself to that, but. And maybe I think I, I can't know. tell. I can't remember if he's seen everything or everything but the finale. But like, it's possible he's seen the whole season. And you know, it's I don't. I'm not predicting this. I don't believe this. But it is possible for this show to just completely shit the temporal bed. Yeah. Uh, totally. In the last episode or two, and it's like I could see like if they don't back up these big swings, then there can be a lot of people. Like we had a little bit of this a season two of Foundation, where it's like, man, what a fucking triumphant season. But the finale kind of hit a little weird, and you know, I, I mm-hmm. said I, I don't mm-hmm. think it changed my mind on the season, but like it was that big of a and, and. But the thing is, is like I have zero expectations for what's to come because, as far Me as too. I can tell, the the slate is wiped. Maybe we can talk about that at the end of the episode, if, if like if mm-hmm. we have any theories about what's going on, but. I, yeah, I don't even know how to theorize. Like the fucking world ended, dude. Not just the world; all worlds ended. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it at the end because I think it's it's interesting. Um, all right, Mobius suggests they get some pie, which sets Sylvie off. She doesn't think he really cares about the timelines because he's never bothered to even look at his own. They keep bringing that up. The jet skis, man. When are we going to see the jet skis? I almost thought we would this episode. Uh, and I've got some theorizing to do in the finale, the final scene of this. Uh, I have a theory that I don't know there's a ton of evidence for, but it kind of is hitting me in the right type of funny bone. Do you remember the ma- the the young manager at McDonald's, the the blonde mm-hmm. blue eyed kid that's kind of like shy and there's a very popular that theory that's got that's that's Mobius. Uh, and for whatever reason Sylvie's kind of keeping her eye on it for on some for some for some reason on the sacred timeline and that's why they're being both pointing to his mysterious and his lack of curiosity and cuz they're going to re- Now I don't know what that would reveal but I do like it. It does seem to fit. It does and seem to fit. In the 70s on a McDonald's manager's salary you could probably afford a jet ski. <laughs> Not in the nineties, he got plucked on, off. But he got plucked off the timeline right as he had. You know, he had the 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 big uh, five he was gallon water it. jug full of change, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get that ski do, baby." <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right, that's an interesting theory. Oh, to you know what? On. Maybe he, as an employee, which is probably illegal, he played the McDonald's Monopoly fast fast mm-hmm. cash game, and I, that's got to be like. Uh, you know what? What like uh, Connecticut <laughs> Avenue the New Jersey type of gangsters who were yeah who were rigging that shit and yeah yeah he got that's an orange property. You collect the orange properties, you get you got a jet ski back in the day, and they go. they 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 plucked him the day he won his jet skis, and that's why he's fixated with them. <laughs> There's something to that. It all ties together, though. I think I think the yeah. McDonald's manager secretly being Mobius would again. I don't know what it would mean or where they're going for it, but I, I do like. That like maybe Sylvie knows a little bit more than she's she's cottoning on to, or maybe they're just like some kind of fate kind of thing. But it's my it's the theory I like the most so far. Sure, in a show where a nineteen hundreds inventor, sorry, eighteen hundreds nineteenth century inventor, uh, could have a book from the future and invent something that could help future people solve a problem. Yeah, mm. uh, him getting a jet ski from McDonald's is not a bridge too far for me. Mm-mm. You're listening to Loki with Bald Move. We'll be right back. Mm 
Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Whew, prune the last commercial from the timeline. We're back with more Loki. Uh, we go over to the holding cell where Brad tries to start a prison break, but Docs is not on his side because he sold them out. And B-15 comes into the cell to ask for her help. And she gives her time to think about it and sends one of her goons to help keep an eye on Victor. One second watch, you really suck your teeth in this scene because, man, if uh, one me had tried a little bit harder, if Docs hadn't been such a hard ass, you know, a lot more people would be alive instead of meeting a truly horrible end as far as I can tell. Yeah, they don't show any of it, which, you know, uh, it's Disney, it's Marvel. It's Disney, course, but like... But like I wanted to see it. Dude, just it's horrific being invisibly squeezed into every like the I was trying to put myself into that mental position and what it probably did look like and how disgusting and inhuman it was. And I'm like, oh, God, at I least actually, show me the cube at the end. That's all I wanted. Mm, I didn't need to see it happening, but show it me was the like aftermath. sizzling and bubbling when B-15 came to show find me it, the though. flesh cube. Yeah. You want to see the cube of flesh, huh? You I want do. the flesh cube. You want to get real Cronenberg with it. I do. Yeah, I want, I, I, yeah, I thought it was. I thought it actually went pretty hard for the mouse. Like, just the implication sure. was sickening. Yeah, if you actually showed it, and oh just god! Watching Brad's expression, you can imagine. You can imagine a lot. You know, I kind of turned around on X Five. He's a real piece of shit. Yeah, that's his money. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess, I guess, if the stakes are dying, uh, maybe he. I don't know, but like, God, that's your mother and your all your coworkers getting crushed to death. Is this show really just about working till you die versus retiring? Because there's a line in there that he says, we've earned our lives on the timeline, right? We've earned it. We've worked enough on the TVA. It's time for us to take our lives back. When did he start fucking around as the Wolfman or as, as the uh, uh, monstroso or whatever the hell he was? he was? I mean, I don't know how time works. Yeah. It, it was like two episodes ago. It, it was like the same day in the TV. But I didn't but feel like his work was done because his mom and the other agents agreed. were working full tilt. Like if like he was playing hooky from yeah, the glorious he just purpose. Left. Or is it just a timey wimey thing where it's like, yeah, I did my part of it. And now I, I took a time Scott's, you know, a couple of years back and I'm living out my life. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, not exactly sure either. And then we have Loki and Sylvie talking about, you know, how she's here again, trying to help. She argues against the TVA. He argues for a better TVA and for holding out hope. And it's a lot of hope for her tastes, but it seems like he's winning her over. Yeah. And like I said, burn it down and start from scratch. What does that mean? When you say burn it down, are you talking about all of reality and just waiting for it to reemerge from the cosmic soup? Because that's what I feel like. It's, it's it's slightly still frustrating that Sylvie's still trying to argue the stakes at this point where she's at the TVA. She sees how fucked up it is. You know, if you want to let the loom explode, you're kind of rolling the dice. Um, 
but you know whatever and it, but she's got a good point too she's like oh i oh, interfere for the good greater good i think i've heard this before it's you gotta think before you start jamming your fingers into the gears you know sure absolutely but That's also it's also irresponsible lives. to like you know if uh, you went to an animal research facility and you just freed all the the monkeys and the dogs and the cows and the rabbits and the rat like is that an act of kindness if you're just like be free but you don't have any plan to feed them you don't have any plan to get them back to their native habitats you don't like did you just make yourself feel better i think she's got a point mm-hmm. about like but he's got a point about like you can't just like give everyone the free will back and the multiverse back and like just peace out i don't have to do anything to stabilize or give it guidance give it support yeah, yeah that, her lines about I guess godhood like oh so no matter what we do here we're playing god it made me feel like that's the reason she went to work at McDonald's she didn't want to play god yeah she just wanted to kill he who remains let things play out naturally I'm gonna go do make the least possible impact because I don't want to play god and then his line of we are gods. We are gods. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. We I don't. Have I don't power. know if that gives you the right to decide everything, even if you are a god. But it's it's certainly an interesting argument. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I don't know. Sometimes when you had the means to act, and it's like to save lives, I feel like because I, I like if a doctor was walking down the street and he saw someone have a heart attack, and people are calling for doctors, he's like, oh, I just don't want to get involved. I don't think that person should go to jail, but I th- I would have some harsh moral judgment that you have the skill and the ability to help somebody and you just choose not to for whatever reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, sometimes with great power comes great responsibility. And but the line is gets blurry between, you know, Loki and season and Avengers one. You know, you guys will be more comfortable kneeling. You know, you don't want free will. You just, it just you want to be told it's a fine line between that and then I guess a doctor coming to your house and bullying you for being fat you know <laughs> I'm gonna beat sure. you with this rub rose until you lose weight it's like ah, I don't know if I need that that doc but especially if you're not even sure there's anything wrong right mm. like somebody who's yeah. fair, seems fairly untrustworthy is telling you there's something wrong that mm. you need to fix but you're not sure and, and, and fixing it causes the deaths of billions of people that's the other wrinkle right it's like you're playing God one way or another. You're either killing a bunch of people to save the universe or you're letting the universe potentially self-destruct. Yeah. So you don't have to kill billions of people. It's it's kind of a roll of the dice, whether you're supporting the right side either way, you know, or whether any of it's true. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've always taken it on face value until I see evidence to the contrary that he who remains is telling the truth about the war and the destruction of the multiverse. So I do think there's a value in what Loki is doing, but Sylvie might it could have be a right pawn. This this is called be a, just a giant, more giant scheme to keep he who remains in power. Because I feel like that's what they're telling totally. us. It is that this is. So it's like okay, yeah, you're a, you're a pawn of this guy. Because like, I'm I'm with you. I don't think that he's told an outright lie. I just think there's some Obi Wan Kenobi certain point of view bullshit happening here too. Yeah, could be. But like, I'm telling you 90% of the truth, but it's not the whole truth. If you understood the whole truth, you might decide, okay, maybe the universe just needs to die. Mm-hmm. Maybe what needs to be pruned is he who remains from every timeline. Yeah. Maybe instead of pruning yeah. the entire timeline, you can just go in with your time stick and just jab him. 
But if you did that, would the TVA wink out of existence? If because you're continually preventing the TVA from coming, you'd have to like. I mean, Obi based all of his information on a book that didn't exist. This is true. That yeah, was written I don't by know a man causality. from the 1900s, and like, so like if Loki yeah. had not jabbed the past Loki in this episode, would something have made sure he got jabbed, or would there just be two Lokis now? I, like I said, they they lift that paradox up, they turn it to one angle, they look at it, and they put it back down. <laughs> Yeah, so. it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they they, they go with the. Yeah. Uh, Brad, 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 you're still trying to sow dissent among the prisoners when suddenly a time door opens in the cell. Rinslayer and Miss Minutes come through with a pitch to save the TVA from B15. No one except Brad is willing to join her, so they are all killed in one of these shrinking boxes. And then Brad leaves with Rinslayer. I love Miss Minutes staying standing there on uh, behind Renslayer's shoulder in like parade rest, like she's the fascist major domo of this fledgling empire. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I just uh, Miss Minutes, man, cracks me up. But uh, I, 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 man, there's something here that's just like, oh, why are you doing this? You're you're watching. You're watching the person you're pledging your allegiance to viciously brutally murder people right in front of you yeah and yet you're still willing to go along with them yeah how brad's not a good she has no loyalty you are next on the chopping block if you ever step out of line but i guess there's nothing that would cause you to step out of line if the brutal murder of people right in front of your face doesn't do it what would yeah brad doesn't seem he just seem he doesn't seem like a strong person in any in any like maybe in a oh, physical agree. sense but he, D- does he think he's getting his old life back from this woman that's insane yeah she's going to use you up and then discard you in the way she discarded everyone in this room man but maybe he doesn't see that because he doesn't know the complexities he just sees her as like a you know their strong leader who's seen you know and like hey if we, she's been gone for two days and the whole thing's falling apart like maybe this is distasteful <laughs> sure. and i wouldn't do it but like i also don't want to be squashed in that box Sure. No, I I get it. She doesn't know that part of the playbook is wipe everyone's memories when you're done conquering. <laughs> mm-hmm. So fuck mm-hmm. you in your timeline. Go back to cracking skulls for me, X Five. Yeah. All right. Obi, Casey, and Victor finish the throughput multiplier integration, but the temp pads are not connecting to it, which is weird. Mobius stops by with some hot cocoa, and Victor becomes fascinated with the idea of a hot cocoa machine. So B 15s dude. This jabroni takes him to see it. Uh, all of this was so weird, man. I, I start alarm bells started going off. I'm like, why is he so fascinated with the cocoa machine? Is this part of a plan that he's got? Hot chocolate machines, man, are getting to be like oranges and Godfather. You see that shit, and it's your ass. Like if you're a security guard in Terminator Two, you're you're about to get a <laughs> spiked finger shoved through your brain, and you're about to get nice. your shit copied and. If you're in Loki, you're about to get uh, de-atomized at the temporal level. Uh, it's bad news. Mm-hmm. Bad news, man. You see a bag of oranges or a glass of hot cocoa spill, you better run. Uh, yeah, B-15, she sees the carnage in the holding cell here. Uh, tries to call someone, but her temp pad's also not working. Won't connect to the network. Um, and then, like that's you said, your, Victor gets... your Jurassic Park reference. The uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh. Yeah, when... Well, that's here in a second when they're trying to oh, diagnose what's wrong. Gotcha. 
Uh, Victor gets some hot cocoa from the machine, gives it to his guard, uh, but then Brad sneaks up behind the guard, prunes him, and he asks Victor where the device is. Yeah, a lot of a lot of unexpected prunings in this episode, I gotta say. This, I don't know, was super unexpected. I kind of figured uh, something was going to happen to him, but the real unexpected one to me was Ravona later. Um, that mm. was wild. I did not expect her to get pruned, and I... You know, it's all null and void by the end of this episode. I was going to say, cares, that's, that's, but... I thought that was a pretty big swing, but they weren't even close to being done. Right, right. Um, And then, yeah, Obi's trying to diagnose what's going wrong with the TVA computer systems, and he figures out that Miss Minutes has taken control. And they grab the multiplier and rush to get Victor, but he's gone. And Loki realizes, oh, Rinslayer must have Victor somewhere inside the TVA. Yeah, that was. A, I thought that was a smart uh, connection. The fact that, like, oh my god, she could be anywhere, and he's like, she's not going anywhere. She's not trying to get away. She wants the TVA. Uh, yeah, as a, makes and sense. it's like, although the, if they're just gonna have a meeting, if they're just gonna chit chat, maybe do it in a different timeline. Maybe don't do it in one of the most highly secure places, like the in, in the, the multiverse. Their time, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, you have time doors. Use them. Not a bad, not not a, not a bad idea, to be honest. But. Apparently, she doesn't think so. Yeah, I just like Loki, who's like the consummate schemer, planner, backstabber, like immediately susses out her grand, you know, all the forthright, upright people are, mm-hmm. where is she going? What's she doing? And he's like, I know exactly what she would do because I know what I would do in this circumstance. It's almost like the TVA has never faced any real adversary, any clever adversary, right? Because it, it seems makes so naive. Sense. Although... Mm-hmm. I keep going back to like why did he go from I am the ruler because there was never like if the Bass Relief was him and Rinslayer that would make a lot of sense him being but it was, he, yeah, he who remains like okay. that they were co-ruling but like it was just a bunch of his faces like five of his faces morphing into three of the Time Lords or whatever that the, the robot deals yeah like so that implies that there was I don't think that's a post Rinslayer cataclysm I think that's a post something happens and then he is has to invent this whole maybe hmm. as a fail safe because he's all about these fail safes maybe it's a, it's a fail safe for if the one variant of he who remains actually did track him down that like it's another layer of obfuscation yeah. before you know like it's like a trip the alarm when oh my god someone ripped off a robot head and the jigs up mm-hmm. um yeah it seems like the only person with any actual smarts maybe that's because they're brains have been wiped too many times and they're fried but he remains is the guy who does all the actual scheming can figure things out yeah he's the the brains behind the operation everybody else is just kind of a pawn yeah and i yeah, i can say is he that smart he did he does look like he's that smart he's like rick sanchez level smart but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also it helps if you can have control of all timelines and can prune the ones that oh are yeah towards her. so it's like yeah it's and like you're really future? smart but totally you're also calling your shots on the cosmic billboard, so <laughs> right. or, uh, billiards board, billiards table, billiards table, pool table. Sure, mm-hmm. got there, got there in five. Uh, let's go to the conference room where Victor is questioned about the device by Renslayer. Uh, here's where I think they'd be safer having this conversation elsewhere, and then popping back in once they figure it out. But they don't. Uh, she just wants to know where it is, what it is, all this stuff. Um. And then the TVA begins tearing itself apart while Loki and Sylvie tried to get to the Loom Room, 
but they get separated in the elevator because Miss Minutes is controlling the whole place. Um, Mobius does get to the Loom Room with the multiplier. And then Loki finds himself in the future timeline where the phone rang and he saw Sylvie in the elevator and he was pruned. Turns out he snuck up and pruned himself. Why prune himself? He says, I promise, and I feel like he's talking to me as an audience member, I promise you this will make sense. Do you not think it makes sense? Sylvie. Because the original Loki loses his time stick, right? No, no, like logistically, yeah, time-wise it all works out and makes sense. It's just like why is the question. Why does he feel he needs to prune himself in that moment? Because don't oh, you remember so he that he can get pulled it, back untethered into from the single time timeline? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was a pre. Yeah, so he had to. Like I said, this yes. was the uh, okay. Uh, that makes sense. This was uh, Harry Potter doing his own expecto patronus at the end because you know he's waiting Absolutely, for something. Yeah. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. And then also like Sylvie, like what the fuck? He's like, look, I promise this will make sense at some point. Uh huh. Yeah, because she wasn't there for all that. They were still mm-hmm. looking for her. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, Loki answers that phone call. The phone's still ringing, uh, and it's Obi calling to ask what's taking so long. And he suggests that he could reboot the entire system to kick Miss Minutes out of it. And everyone immediately thinks that's a good idea, especially when they, the two Lokis, saying "Do it" when they find out that the magic dampeners Turn it off. Yeah. will be turned off at the same time. They're like, "Hell yeah!" Even though they've drifted pretty far, the variants are still in sync enough that they, yeah, <laughs> we can oh, use our yeah. magic shit. Turn that shit off. <laughs> that would be Which, super helpful right now. And I was wondering if that was going to be like a Faustian type bargain. It's like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need to hear any of the drawbacks. Just turn our magic back on, and then it's eventually going to fuck them. But like they were fucked way harder and stronger by oh, the temporal yeah. forces. So it's like I don't think that is going to make a difference one way or another. Yeah, I don't know that the magic that these gods have stands up to the destruction of the TVA. Yeah, like I was I like, think there's anything that's... they can trick their way out of there. Yeah, because and in in Marvel you've got several categories of power. You've got like you know the Hulk and Thing and Colossus, and they're strong. They can lift a hundred tons and do shit like that. You can mm-hmm. hit them with bullets and ray guns, and they're invulnerable. And then you've got things like, you know, Thanos and and well, you, you then you got like gods, you know, the, the Asgardians and whatnot. And then you got like moving up to scale. You've got things like uh, Thanos and 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 then you've got like what they call like the personifications of the fundamental forces of the universe, like creation mm-hmm. and death and time, um, the affinity stone type of shit. And they, it would be utterly unsurprising if like Loki's powers are nothing before the 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 actual group. Cr- fires of creation of the universe you know yeah that's my assumption not even a god can escape the the causality yeah i think whatever fate befalls mobius and obi and everybody is also going to befall the loki's here it wouldn't surprise me if both of the variants get untethered in time i I, was like you know what let's Mm -hmm. let's wait till the end of the episode to discuss save it all all right, uh, Miss Minutes realizes someone's rebooting the system, and as she goes offline, she tells Victor, you'll never be him, which is surprising, because I expected her to say, I love you. It's what we all thought he was, she was going to say, right? Your pronouns are he, they, because you'll never be him. <laughs> uh-huh. I I liked that. I, I liked... 
I liked everything about this scene. I liked Miss Manners like losing her mind and doing the uh, the howl from 2001 re- regression to like I think she started off as maybe a chess timer, as if I remember, and she uh, kind of like reverts yeah. through previous versions of herself until um, I liked the Victor who's never seen like a glitchy live stream or like max headroom like he's from 1891 he doesn't understand and he just thinks miss manners is making fun of his stutter there's no miss minutes mockery is on miss man yeah not not miss manners Manners. yeah uh yeah yeah. (laughs) miss manners would be highly inappropriate for her to to that it's just rude you'll never be him yeah that's make fun of neurodivergent people but the yeah so what do you what do you think miss minutes is up to is this just score like a woman score clock score? Um, but yeah, I'm trying to decide if they're trying to tell us anything about the world here, or if they're just saying something about Miss Minutes. And I mean, Miss Minutes loved He Who Remains, and she clearly says that this guy is not him. And I but don't temporal from a temporal aura perspective. Do you think she's trying to get into his head? Do you think she's trying to get into his head? Because one way to interpret that is... I mean, she could be trying to drive him to become him, right? Like, telling a man as driven as he is that he will never be that thing might drive him forward more. But this particular, like, before it becomes he who remains, he is kind of a cowardly lion type, it seems like, Mm -hmm. you know? And... The type of guy that wouldn't volunteer to walk out into temporal radiation and get spaghettified, right? Mm-hmm. I was wondering if, especially on the second watch, I was wondering if she was saying, because like, I think she hates Victor at this point. She is fully scorned. She hell hath no fury, et cetera, et cetera. And she said the one thing to him that she thinks might circumvent his failsafe option. And again, this, I don't fully understand the failsafe. This is all I don't know. But like, hmm. it seems like if you got a cowardly lion type, and you're like, if you want, you're the wicked witch, and you really want to make sure the cowardly lion does something stupid, takes himself off the board, you might be like, I bet you're too big of a pussy to save Dorothy. And normally mm-hmm. he would never save Dorothy, but he's like trying to prove you wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Spite. There's something. I don't think it's fully baked, but there's something to that, or maybe it's possible. Like a, yeah, or maybe him dying because the other thigh theory I had the first time I watched it when he got spaghettified and the world ended and I'm sitting there for like a minute or two thinking about what the fuck did I just watch? I like is did he have to like Dr. Manhattan get his ass atomized to get the insight inside? He becomes one with the timeline and he can like. Mm-hmm see things that he would never you know because he's still not at the level he was when he taught Ouroboros the things he knew right maybe this is a like a chrysalis stage that he has to go through to become he who has remained and she is still trying to shove him well I know he's got to get but he's too big of a pussy to volunteer to get in a suit so I got to put this I got to incept this into his head so that he will I can totally see that so that's a couple of different ways but like I don't know there's I feel like each no matter which way I look through that that time portal, I'm I'm not quite getting a clear clear picture. Well, this goes back to the hot cocoa machine for me. the The weird feeling I get when I see him so obsessed with that is, mm. I, I'm thinking, is this guy up to something? And he might be, just not this version of him, right? Like, and that kind of ties in with the Miss Minute stuff. If if this is all part of his plan and she's goading him toward it, 
then yeah, that, that might make sense that I should be weirded out by that scene. Yeah. Hold on to your skin. We'll be back after this short break. You are they who remain after the commercial break. Welcome back to Loki. Um, we'll talk probably a lot more about that here in the final scene. But before that, Renslayer sends Brad to deal with the reboot. And out in the hall, he gets magicked by the two Lokis. And he goes back inside the conference room here and distracts Renslayer long enough for Loki and Sylvie to grab Victor and run with him. And then Brad prunes Renslayer, which I was like, oh my god, what? there's no way they pruned Renslayer, what kind of fakery bullshit is this? I'm ready to call complete bullshit, and then the end of the episode happens. <laughs> I forget all about that. So, big moment that turns out to be nothing. Yeah, yeah. A matter of fact, too, because it's like, yeah, it's just so they used their god powers to ensorcel this shithead, and he he did it to him. But uh, mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. right; the whole place blows in like five minutes later. So, yeah, it seemed like a huge deal, but I guess not. Uh, so well, yeah, that's the other thing is somehow that like he who remains and Renslayer will get their souls intertwined because they're both like temporally oh. deatomized and close physical and temporal proximity to each other and she gonna have his hair at the end of this <laughs> and he has hers yeah I like to do that swap <laughs> yeah. I just like to see what that swap looks like is that a fair trade I'm trying to think what Renslayer's hair is it's much better than Victor's I mean, they go, they, they're, yeah, she's got much more of a kind of a classic restraint. He's going for, like I said, the untamed Frederick Douglass uh, hairstyle. Both of them, <laughs> yeah, the, both the of them have the things. dark brown lens. Yeah, some of those have uh, have things to recommend themselves. They, 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 they both, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got, got good, good, bad things you can say about them. I feel like that's pretty good villain hair, what, Vic, uh, what uh, Victor's got going on be okay if he held that through the rest of the series frederick douglas had big villain air boy i tell you <laughs> oh boy gonna get big. in trouble wrong wrong, wrong side of, wrong side of history on that one jim let's move on to the final you know who scene didn't you know who didn't have oh, villain no. hair oh, no thomas jefferson that's right mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. right benjamin franklin <laughs> benjamin franklin not villain hair no <laughs> hair villainy there Let's move to the final scene where they bring Victor to the loom room. They scan his aura, which unlocks the blast doors, does not fry his head or anything. Uh, Victor volunteers to launch the multiplier. They don't have time to argue, so he goes out, and as soon as he steps out of that airlock, he's disintegrated by the temporal radiation. They watch as the loom is destroyed, and the explosion engulfs them all. We get like a long cut to black here, like five seconds. I'm like, are they coming back with more? Dude, it I was a little too early for the episode to be over, but then they hit us with the credits. And I was still not right. I'm like, I got to wait until the end of the fancy credits because like there's nope. no next episode, no but no, there's no, no post credits. It's so mm-hmm. weird after they hit us with the early one. That's uh, an effective cliffhanger, man. Like, I get, Yeah. <laughs> it's ballsy because like they like the only reason I'm not like saying like I don't know is because like I'm just completely on board with what they're doing here like it would be yeah. shocking to yeah. me if they dropped the ball at this point it's still possible and but I, that's like you know like they to me that's a big swing and they're calling their shot they're like I we are going to hit a home run with this big swing but it remains mm-hmm. to be seen 
it remains to be seen uh yeah they they subverted every expectation i had i have no idea what comes next but i do want to speculate with you i like i said a lot of paths forward they built real solid tracks over where i thought they were going to go and just nope Mm -hmm. nope uh just completely yeeted that into the the cosmic soup and like even so, like so, I, on second watch through, it's like that's where I got started thinking about m- missed minutes because Victor's never been overly concerned with personal courage, right? He's always been like, you know, look over there, I'm running here, and mm-hmm. you know, even when they back him in the corner, and he's like, I should have a say, and he's like putting up his little dukes, and it's like, nah, come on. But like right before he goes out there, he says it's it's time to be brave. Like mm-hmm. I am trying something new. And it fucks him instantly. And Miss, I feel like Miss Minutes kind of pushed him in that direction. That's, but yeah, yeah. I guess we should. I still don't want to get into complete. Uh, I mean, we kind of talked about everything. No, I mean, this is uh, it, man. This is the time to do it. I really like that final like reaction shots because they did like this. Uh, I felt this is indulgent, but I went along with it. Like you get two reaction shots. The first is like, oh my god, that dude got spaghettified. Mm-hmm. And then when the loom explodes, they go back and like I love Owen Wilson is like having every possible fight, flight, or freeze response simultaneously. Like he's like None of it get his Clinton, but he's also it's like but it's like there's yeah, but he's like there's literally nothing to do, you know. It's I mean if you, I guess if you want like I, I guess if you want to make the highest percentage play, you you duck behind something solid, but. <laughs> It's sure. not going to save you. It's not going to save you. You're at ground zero at a, on a nuke yeah. blast, man. You can duck you and cover. close the blast doors. You duck behind a console. Yeah. And you hope for the best. Yeah. You kiss your yeah. ass goodbye, right? Because like. Yeah. Yeah. You get one of them lead yeah. aprons that dentist puts you in and try to hide under that. But like, yeah, it's not going to save you. But I just love that performance and- where he is just cycling between fighting, fleeing, and freezing. Well, I'm having that same reaction as an audience member. I'm, I'm thinking ah, I, the, yeah. the realization is dawning on me that there's nothing that can be done in time to fix this. And right. I don't even see the angle of a deus ex machina here. I don't like, of course, you never I, see the they, deus ex machina, if, if, but I didn't even see it. I, if like, something happens after time Fade the Black to re, the revert, like there's certainly things i'm prepared to accept like i think if loki and sylvie got unstuck from time like this is what and, i assume and that they are reconstituted in different timelines and now it's like how do we get back to the tva without a time pad and like they're working together and they're using magic and they gotta go i don't know any number of the marvel bullshit ways you can time travel and all that like i'm i'm willing to have two asgardian gods get detached from time and and tumbling through the but like they can't just like uh, right as the thing with Black turns out. Turns out Odin showed up and he just no. like grabbed both ends of the loom. Anthony Hopkins dead. and is like, "Yeah, you can't That's do that." That's Walking Dead horseshit. No, this so, told, so the reason you I'm told not... the story of them blowing the fuck up and you have to blow them the fuck up and then figure yes. out from there. You cannot say, "Oh, actually, they didn't blow up." Right. Right. No, I. This is why I'm not super upset by this cliffhanger because they did tell us what happened. Yes. Now, if they go back on that next episode, I'm going to be pissed off, and you yes. will hear me rant and rave next episode about and it. I will be your flavor flaves holding the giant <laughs> clock, saying, "What fucking time is it, Disney?" Yeah, right. It'll be shaped like Miss Minutes. It'll be talking. <laughs> uh, Miss Minutes will be my girl. So, so that's like, uh, like a, a, on a chain on my neck. 
it's a huge possibility right like they get unstuck from time again they're warping through different timelines maybe together maybe separate trying to reunite trying to figure out what do we do without a tva um i think there's a very real possibility that even if that does happen we also see a lot of other characters go back to their original timelines like we see the mobius on the jet ski we see what Casey was up to before he got TVA'd, what Obi was doing, right? And I'm kind of way in on that. I would love to see (laughs) Obi in his regular life dealing with regular people for once. It would be hilarious if uh, Obi's just literally the Kehi Kwan. He's literally like filming everything everywhere all at once. Oh my god, he's got Brad's Wouldn't that life. be so fucking funny if he's actually uh-huh. if his real life was him and he's making a movie about interdimensional shit and oh like Oh my god, if they can get the Daniels in here to do some work dude, on Loki, I would I would lose uh, my mind. It would, would be the be, best thing. Season three be, featuring the Daniels. Be very fourth wall shattering, but in a way like this show could get away with it. I think that would be super yep. funny. But yeah, I feel like it's gonna be something like the where it's and and then I I I think there's a strong possibility that the next two episodes are like a zany romp through the first four episodes where they're trying to like one step ahead, you know. Sure. But I have a lot of high hopes because, again, last I kind of remember being hot and cold on Loki until they got to the penultimate episode and you had that golden age Loki and alligator Loki and the, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the democratic Loki and all that kind of stuff. That was just so much fun. So cool so visually entertaining like i'm expecting that especially after you just blown up the universe um that's big shoes to fill but i I think they can do it yeah i'm curious to see if they can do anything visually as interesting as like an eliath or the the end of time or anything Mm -hmm. because we've already seen that stuff where do they go from there that's also the like some of the highest fan servicey stuff too because it was just like that was just a a fucking dream board of Easter eggs and comic references and obscure giant size Thors and it's just self-referential yeah. and yeah I, I yeah I can't I can't wait I wish yeah I wish I could hit play on the next episode right now. How about this? You you floated the idea that maybe they they just blow up time in like a primordial kind of way. What if we get Morgan Freeman narrating a time lapse from the beginning of human history or the beginning of of geological history? Uh, all the way to where we are now in like five minutes. That'd be kind of cool. Like a Bruce Almighty, he's God kind of, you know, he's some kind of, oh, I wonder if the Watcher could do anything about this because Marvel's introduced, you know, this uh, this guy's name is like Otaku or something. It's not that because that's, that's not that <laughs> the name. Otaku, but, but... The Watcher is an Otaku? Yeah, oh, no. yeah. Oh, he's no. like really into anime and watching all personal dimensions <laughs> happening simultaneously. Shit. Uh, but he's like, you know, the whole what if Marvel series is is him. Like he's this watcher from outside of time and he just watches the multiverse and he can't, I think he can't do anything about it. His whole thing is like he can just see it all. But I wonder, I wonder if he could, like if he's like, is he like the ultimate failsafe of the universe? Like he's watching interdimensional cable TV and if his cable's out, he calls the cable guy and they fix it. Okay. Why else have yeah. a watcher? Mm-hmm. If you can't um, do anything, why watch? Yeah. I wonder if they'll Entertainment, do. Entertainment, I guess. 
and they just put they just introduced him in the Marvel canon and the MCU canon anyway uh, with the Disney Plus stuff because they did that animated what if series you know what oh, if Captain America okay. was a girl what if uh, uh, Doctor Strange caused a zombie plague to go through the Marvel universe what if Aunt, Uncle Ben never died like he did they did the whole series of like kind of animated things but mm-hmm. that's that's a way out of this um Maybe okay. the like the the celestials or like I said the fundamental cosmic forces of the universe get together and be like you know like death time, inner you know energy and all they got together and it's like what's this this is some bullshit that just happened we're gonna have to bibbity bobbity boo this back together I don't know I'm I, like I said I have no fucking clue I have no yeah. fucking clue what's gonna happen the the one thing that has to hold is that this actually happened it can't be a trick yeah, by sylvie or something like that that would be complete yeah. horseshit yeah but it's also horseshit if the rest of the marvel cinematic universe is a, a formless shapeless void of creation you know it's like i don't know so it's <laughs> it like I, be fun I, to watch. I yeah. want them to put the status quo back together but in an entertaining way that i don't see coming that's all that's all that's all i want to see sure it's and it's gotta be good too. Anything. it can't be horseshit all right mm-hmm. as judged by me <laughs> Yeah, not just inter- interesting, but also entertaining while they do it. I have and I to think they can too. pull it off. I gotta say, I think they can pull it off. Yeah, I mean, so far so good on the show, at least. Are you interested That's in hearing what man. other people think about stuff? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Marvel at BaldMove.com is how you get in touch with us for Loki. Got two more, two more episodes. Uh, I guess before we get to feedback, I should also say if you want to follow along with us on social media, it's the best way to see what we're doing. This winter is going to be very prestige heavy. We're going to be doing For All Mankind, uh, Fargo, uh, True Detective in the new year. If you want to keep up on an ins and outs of Bald Move, uh, we're at Bald Move everywhere on social media except for TikTok. We're Baldest Move. Finally, if you'd like to get uh, all this except for no ads and a ton of other bonus audio video content, check us out at support.baldmove.com to join the club all right let's get the karma she's our first contestant at marvel at baldmove.com she says in case this isn't dry pie i think when casey announces there's a strange temporal pad reading that popped up right before sylvie shows up in a world's fair in 1893 it wasn't special something special about sylvie rather it was the fact that she uh the ramona's using he he who remains temp pad to hop around oh wait no sylvie Sylvie is using he who remains tent pad to hop around and TVA employees aren't supposed to know about the man behind the curtain. I guess this is the first time they're noticing it, mm. but she presumably got used it to get to 1982 Oklahoma. The plot hole could be waved away because the TVA and the timeline were in chaos at the time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. His tent pad being that bracelet thing. Yeah, that like it's giving okay. a weird signature and a time pad that they're mm-hmm. not. You know, because they know Rensselaer, Rensselaer, Jesus, I made it all episode. They know that Rensselaer's temp pad is trackable, but Miss Minutes is like fucking with them and the mm-hmm. timeline is fucking with them and they're having a hard time tracking it. But this is like a totally new one. And that, that makes sense. So like, why, how would they even know that there's a he who remains with the temp pad? And you got to know it's got extra features, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's not using no base model bullshit temporal pad. No, no, no. No. He's uh, running iOS 16 already. He runs all the unauthorized video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> susceptible to all the viruses. Like where? Where is? Okay, that brings up a good question. Where the hell does Mobius get unauthorized video games? Where is he downloading these things from? He's out of time, man. Is he going to pruned branches and pulling out video yeah, games? It shouldn't like, be. 
Did those tin pads run Android or something? Like, did it take the cheap way out? It's not a custom OS. They just went off the shelf. I guess. Yeah. They're just Raspberry Pis running Google. <laughs> <laughs> Google the Chrome, yeah, Chromebook OS. Yeah, I think I think that's it. Really. I mean, shit. Miss Minutes used to be a chess clock. Now look at her. Talk about the dark web. Holy shit. Uh, that, I had that same question. Is like the temporal pads have an app store? What? The, mm-hmm, <laughs> what right, the fuck? Right. Uh, Todd loading shit from another universe. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> that you cannot get much more side loaded than from another multiverse, right? <laughs> That's like, yeah, six dimensional sides. Todd B says it often saddens me when I remember you guys haven't watched Star Trek Voyager because I think it's just some uh, became extremely pertinent uh, to season two of Loki. Loki is giving very strong Year of Hell vibes. If you utter that sentence on the podcast, a bunch of people listening are going to go, oh, yeah, maybe. It's a two-parter, and if you have the Is time, the Year of Hell the first season of Voyager where I watched it? Is that the Year of Hell? That's <laughs> a two-parter, so it's the first it two seasons. It's all everything until yes. 7 and 9 shows up, and it's like, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. That was Something. the Year of Hell. Watching Something good. The bland-ass mashed potato face Tom Paris do shit. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, It's the Neelix that gets uh. me why you, you didn't <laughs> Sorry, learn from like wesley crusher that you can't just invite you just can't create a by design annoying character mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. not have the people watching it want to kill him like why why do you do this to people um todd b says oh yeah so he's he wants us to watch uh year hell it's a really good story. One of the game, one of the gems is the in the Adventures of Janeway. It has some of the most beautiful graphic depictions of time I've ever seen. This episode, though, for graphic beautiful depictions of time, mm-hmm. I also has. Uh, I'll spare you the plot synopsis, but for the purpose of my analogy, Voyagers to Temporal Loom, and you know how those two episodes end. I'm betting Loki season two will meet a similar fate. All right, you, you, I think you've said enough to stake out your internet points. I am unfortunately not going to watch Voyager anytime soon. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe at the end of time, and I finally get a chance to pop on my throne and, and just chill and watch. I'll, I'll get to it. But uh, we're we're doing a lot with Star Trek right now. It's just like if any if we're going to do a full series rewatch of anything, probably be the old series since that's germane to Strange New Worlds. And my man Jim mm-hmm. here hasn't seen any of it. But uh, I'm really torn on Voyager. Uh I want to watch it. Because I feel like I'm missing maybe a couple of nuggets, but I also really want to preserve the fact that I haven't watched it, so I can continue to shit on it at every yeah, opportunity. Just dump on it in ignorance, and, but but I mean, I, it's yeah. also it's always more fun to dump on things from a, uh, a place of infinite True. detail. Imagine if I could criticize individual episodes. I just know that like I had watched Star Trek my entire life, mm-hmm. starting from a, a young boy with my dad watching the old series fucked around the animated series a bit when it was like you know on uh, when nickelodeon brought it on uh and when their earlier offings uh from day one on tng slogged through Mm -hmm. some some Mm -hmm. years of hell there day one of deep space nine day one of voyager and i didn't last through to the second season man it was just like i Yeah. yeah Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't ready to, to give a show two seasons to round itself into shape. So I, I found X Files and moved on. Speaking of shows that were completely rewarding, didn't waste your time at all. How, that's the anti Voyager. It just oh, was right. like amazing, and then right. went to shit after the movie, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Anyway, uh, Mary Kate 
from Austin. Keeping it weird says last episode you were discussing how at the end of last season, the beginning of this season, we were briefly led to believe that Loki had arrived in an alternate version of the TVA until it was revealed he was in the past and jumping around in time. I was in agreement, then I, but then I started to think, what about the giant king statue? Was that always there last season? And we didn't just didn't notice. Was it taken down at some point and everyone's memory wiped? Or did Sylvie's decision to murder He Who Remains cause subtle changes like this? But it's still considered the same TVA? Did history to TVA change? If so, why doesn't Morbius seem to know about Kang? Trying to keep up with all the timey-wimey stuff, I'd appreciate you guys helping to sort it out each week. Do you want to take a stab at it? Because I think I got a pretty good answer, but I want to see... I don't. It does feel like... It does feel like some kind of clue that we should be picking up on. I, my understanding of Loki seasons one and two is that somewhere in the distant past of the TVA, the dawn of the TVA, he who remains was out front loud and proud about being its leader with Rensselaer at his side as his general. And that's why you can, when Loki went back in time, and like made all like you know uh, you see these cracks on the floor and then you see him go back in time and make the cracks and like here's a conference room that that has the you know uh, the he who remains figureheads and all that kind of stuff that at some point you know he wipes everybody's memory and restarts it with the the time guardians or the time lords or whatever the doctor who whatever the fuck they call the the three robots that were supposed to bring balance to the time force um, and then that's where the where Loki kind of comes into the picture in that era of the TVA, where everyone's completely lost their minds and they've well they've lost their memories and all that kind of stuff. And in that timeline, uh, he who remains has taken care to completely distance himself from the TVA, so they don't you know he's got a Wizard of Oz situation. And that's why when you go back in the past, things are very coded to be. And when when we saw Mo, uh, we saw Loki, we didn't know that last season. But we saw Loki at the end of last season. There's giant statue of he remains, all that stuff. He had unstuck himself in time and gone back at the beginning of the TVA. And I also feel Makes like the, the, the flesh that out that there was a there's a period in the TVA's history where they were an army, and I wonder if we'll actually find out that TVA stands for the Temporal uh, Timely Victors Army or something. You know, like the, the A stands for <laughs> oh, army. Boy. But there was a time where the TVA fought willingly underneath him and Ravona as their soldiers in an mm-hmm. interdimensional war against the other he's who didn't remain. Um, so yeah, there was like a there was like a initial phase during the war. They won the war. He mind wiped everyone, including Ravona. Then there was some mm-hmm. indeterminate period of time where that this went for you know who knows uh, for how long, and then Loki entered the picture. Everything played out like it played out, and then he was sent back to the previous version of TVA. So that's that's what I think is happening, but I I wouldn't swear on a stack of Bibles until we we see more of this play out. Uh, ooh, we got a dissenter here. Jen wrote in and says Loki episode three was very painful to watch. If it wasn't such a Hiddleston fan, I would have turned it off pretty early on. Not many laughs. Very obvious. Victor Timely was a huckster, and his voice was over the top. This episode moved the story forward. I really hope the rest of the season restores the laughs and there are different Kang variants. Hey, man. Ma'am, in this case. uh, I have definitely been felt the lash of being the odd person out. You know, uh, I'm hating everything, something that everyone loves or I'm loving something everybody hates. 
And I feel like you're on the wrong side of the divide here because I agree, obviously, about Victor Timely being a little over the top, being a little cringy, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. hard to get under, get into that character's performance. But everything else, I thought last episode was plenty funny. Uh, yeah, and and this season is like I, I or this episode I thought was just like a tour de force. So I'm I'm, I'm curious to see if it like changed your mind or if you just might you just might be out on the silly Loki stuff because it is. It is fundamentally silly. As as big as oh, the stakes yeah. are, there's something about you know the, the other the, the this versus the other Marvel stuff that just makes it just float along a little bit better than like the dour affairs that was Falcon and Winter Soldier and even late stage Wandavision and mm-hmm. you know it seems like Marvel's been dark and self serious when it hasn't been just utter shit. So. Um, but I yeah I, I thought last episode was it wasn't as funny as the first two but it was still pretty funny Miss Minutes being a giant ghost clock I thought that was funny Miss Minutes clumsy <laughs> attempts to su- seduce uh, Victor and then him sending her through the time door and her coming out saying finishing I love you I thought that was funny um, I, I think last a- episode was the weakest of this season but everything has been so good that that's you know not really a problem for me yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. A season is always going to have its weakest episode, and I I agree with what you're saying. Like it wasn't as funny, um, certainly because Obi's hilarious and he wasn't in it much. True. Uh, and then, you know, it's it's a lot. Uh, I, I I understand. Like especially Victor Timely, his the performance there is way out of left field. And if you're not on board with a really silly character then I could see how it would grate on you. I, yeah. I'm i kind of giving this show a lot of latitude here, and I'm glad I am because it does stuff like this, but yeah. I, I totally understand. I just didn't. I, it wasn't offensive to me. I I still enjoyed it, maybe not as much as the other episodes, though. Yeah, and there's sometimes that we go years before we really kind of shit on shows because, you know, the shows we cover where we generally like and we, you know, think are great quality, and when they disappoint us, it's a shocker. I feel like sometimes that leaves us vulnerable to being like, oh, you guys are just carrying water. You guys are just a, you know, a fan cast, blah, blah, blah. I don't think we have this problem this year. Like, we've really ripped some shit that was fairly well-received and popular. So, like, yeah, it's like, it is my honest opinion that this is a just really good season. I'm having a blast with it. Like, especially in comparison with yeah. the rest of D+. I mean, Jim's liking this, and he fucking hates Marvel, and he hates his guardian gods most of all. So like, <laughs> well, it helps that all their magic has been dampened and none of that shit applies. Well, no more. So, You're going to have a lot of green shit flying around, Jim. Be- buckle in. Got, I got my eyes on you, Loki. I'm watching you. Uh, that'll do it for this week. Hope you like uh, this week's episode better, Jim. If not, there's uh, only two more episodes left. Uh, Marvel at baldmove.com is how you get in touch with us real quick. At baldmove is how you follow us on all social medias, except for TikTok. We're at baldestmove there. And if you want to get uh, tons of great bonus audio and video content, just carve pumpkins on uh, lunch today. That was fun. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of glorious purposes and disasters. And then, uh, yeah, uh, if, you, if you want to get in on that and ad-free feed, support.baldmove.com. Uh, we'll see you next week on the next episode of Loki. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Excelsior! Excelsior!